Welcome to the Supergivers Podcast. I'm Jesse Johnson with today's guest, Jennifer Elise, self-made photographer and change agent who supports women and girls around the world through the practice of empowerment. Listen in as Jennifer shares how her own process of self-empowerment has led her to create a life of meaning and impact doing what she loves. The first thing I'm really curious about is your whole motivation of um, the concept of showing up for social change. So in the spirit of that, I wanted to ask you just what you're aware of in showing up for this interview. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's now more than ever is such a time for showing up for oneself fully. And I continue to ask myself the questions, where do I desire to expand and how can I begin to to follow those deeper yearnings of change that I want to see in the external world? How can I reflect and show up fully for myself? So I'd love to know what you actually mean when you say showing up fully for yourself. Yeah, to me, showing up fully is, it's almost this turning what I see in the external world as, as wrong or what's going, what's happening in our world across the collective and, and turning that back around towards me and saying, okay, how am I participating? How am I contributing? And when I show up, I'm, I'm looking at where, how am I not showing up for my life? So as an example is my relationship, my relationship with my fiance and how can we create more accountability within our partnership? And we recently started creating agreements within the partnership of what are we agreeing to create together? What's our, what's our vision? And so to me, fully showing up is continue to be curious and explore all parts of myself. Love it. In every facet of my life, right? So relationship, my work, my finances, my health, my spiritual connection, my creativity. To me, that that is like full accountability for being here on the planet. Tell us what you're showing up for in the world these days. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have some some really powerful words uh, in here, mm. so I want to know. I'm really showing up for what's making me feel alive. How can I bring my aliveness into the world? And so to me, that's looking like turning down the volume of how much I'm doing. And I'm taking a lot more time for reflection. I'm sitting in meditation. I'm doing Qigong. I'm actually like going back to practices that I think are being lost in our main collective. I think there's so much that piling on of to-dos that I'm just, I'm listening to a deeper call to slow down. And, and that's a practice because I was conditioned in my my upbringing to turn on full blast volume and go all the way. So to me, showing up is not synonymous with I've got to go hardcore and <laughs> like fill the books. And, and, and that's really a, a challenge for me because I see within just my community and surrounding communities how much invalidated a busy life it, like that is so validated. It almost seems like that's it is absolutely the norm, but it's not natural. So let's back up for anyone who might be listening who doesn't know much about you. Sure. In whatever you think is relevant to share, how 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 did you arrive here? Who are you? Like, what are you doing in the world? Hmm. 
Yeah, I, that's a question I continue to ask myself. And I'd like to back up about 10 years coming out of my about business school. And I began to listen to a deeper intuition of what do I really want to do in the world? And so I listened to rather than what I was supposed to do in a career, I began to listen to like, what, what's my heart guiding me to do? I went behind the camera and built a business as a photographer for the past nine years. I've been shooting internationally throughout the West coast. And then I travel about two to three times a year out of the country and I'm photographing thought leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, CEOs, uh, visionary leaders. And even from that, um, it's now moving in the direction of witnessing the dire need for our collective to return back to like a deeper yearning, like the fire that I see within every human. I see that that, that is missing in our collective. And so as I've spent the past eight, nine years photographing incredible human beings around the planet, I'm seeing that our collective really, really needs to be offered space to listen to their own soul. I'm curious how photography is a medium for being seen. Um, being, I think the words you said, being seen, being heard, being known. Mm. How, how does photography connect in for you in this way? Yeah, well, it's a practice of presence and it's a practice of acceptance as well. And so I, I don't outwardly say that, you know, on my website and my clients, that's what they experience is presence between us as we're creating their imagery and the practice of accepting oneself for exactly where they are and sitting with it. I can't begin to tell you how many specifically female clients, like the self-deprecating thoughts that will arise and come up and self-hatred and, and along the landscape of being photographed actually is like fuel for that subconscious stories to come out. Wow. So in some ways you've turned photography into a transformative experience or for certain people. Sure, sure. And, and that's the feedback that I receive, and it's more or less an intuitive process for me and a, a practice of presence, of just a being with another person and mirroring back to them who they're choosing to be. Hmm. Right. And, and also, how are they... So many of my clients are taking that bold leap into actually bringing out what they've always wanted to do and bring that out into the world. And so we're, we're creating imagery to tell that story and share with the world. So being seen, being heard, giving uh, visuals to the voice that's coming out and being known for what your true authenticity is. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for people who might be listening who aspire to create, how did you go from graduate of a business program to photography entrepreneur to photographer of thought leaders around the world? I mean, at least what's the essence? And we're not looking for some sort of magic bullet, of course, but. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I often will reflect and say, like, how did this all unfold I, in a constant that has been a theme throughout the past 10 years of my career and journey 
is one particular question, and I believe it's a question that can relate to any industry, any person. And the question is, how can I be of service that is in alignment with my heart? And that continues to be a continuous thread that I ask myself along my journey and career. And actually having the courage to answer the truth. And when did, and you, so, when did you first answer that question for at, yourself? Yeah, I, at 22 years old. And I was offered a, a job in corporate, in outside sales, and everything within my being said no. And it was a radical leap. And from the outside, it looked, you know, like one of the most foolish choices. And on the inside, I felt a harmony and it, a yes in my body. So I felt um, more expansive in saying no. And I also was very much, I listened to something deeper inside. And I, it's not... This is not taught in our world. We're not taught how to listen to these deeper knowings, especially when everything on the outside is telling you otherwise. Right. So, so why did you listen? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I, th I think that there was a bright enough fire inside of me to know that I had nothing to lose, and and with the perspective that we're born and we all will die. And so why wouldn't I fill my time with what's in alignment and true? And I continue to calibrate and, and listen and tune in to what's true for me. Yeah, every person has the capacity for to radical sovereignty and to listen and then make choices from that truth. Okay, so you're... It's not always easy. I mean, it's, it's d definitely, you know, there's so many components to that. And I can imagine, you know, a mom saying, well, yeah, I have two children and I'm married. And, you know, what happens when you're in, you have these commitments and how do you honor your truth and simultaneously show up for your commitments in life? And I, I just believe that the more we give voice to what our truth is, the more in alignment and the more fluidity and harmony we can begin to experience within our own internal system, which then reflects into the relationships that we are interacting with day to day and I believe that that ripples out to our careers into our communities and even on a broader scale yeah so you're in that place at 22 and, and you make the decision what yeah. else was going on emotionally was there fear at all was there even even though you had this incredible inspiration and trust yeah, I think fear is um, an innate wiring for our own like animal body safety. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur, as a creative, fear still arises. And I'd say that this year has been one of the most fearful years for me, witnessing the circumstances of our outer world and feeling um, radically overwhelmed. So fear is a constant, and I'm aware of fear and I, I don't negate the fear. However, I, I befriend my fear. Well, this is great because I find with so many people I work with that they have an expectation that they can either eliminate fear right, or somehow avoid it or suppress it. And I'm really in alignment with what you're saying, that it's the key is not as much about um, changing the fear, but changing the relationship to it so that mm. action can take place. Mm -hmm. So what else, what other resources do you have internally or otherwise to act despite fear? 
Yeah. What resources do I use in moments of radical fear or stifling, um, you know, almost that feeling of like being stifled to even make a choice because of fear? Is that right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking also broadly, but that in those moments, of course. Yeah. The resources that I continue to use and I, this just has, it's, I return to it as my North star as I continue to ask myself, what is my greatest vision? And I'm 85 years old. What did I want my life to look like? And so I usually will, will look back from that perspective. And I use that, that as a resource and as a, a North star mm. to moving through any, um, stagnant or, or, you know, dehabilitating fear. Right. <clears throat> like getting the ultimate perspective, the deathbed kind of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's really helpful. Totally. Really helpful to keep death at, at um, a really close perspective. And I, I, I like looking at my life from that, from those eyes. It, it allows me to step into greater comfort, uh, uncom- greater zones of uncomfortability. Okay. Yeah. So I am curious about, um, I'm going to let you just take this where you want. I'm curious about your mission and how yes. it ties into, so, so people have heard in, in the last few moments that you're an entrepreneur, you're a photographer, you do this really inspiring, uh, you work with inspiring clients and you do this great work. You have so many more projects, it seems like. <laughs> so what are you excited to share about? Oh, well, I... I am so excited. I feel like I'm stepping out in a way I never have before. And it feels radically vulnerable, even in this moment to share with you, Jesse, um, about what projects are coming. And I'm at this, uh, radical, it's almost like the exact place I was 10 years ago where I'm taking a huge leap into listening once again to my heart. And so over the past nine years of working with so many entrepreneurs and photographing thought leaders and authors. And I'm called to hold space and I'm so excited to begin to utilize um, what I think is so vitally needed is holding a container for people to actually listen to their own creative, intuitive voice and to have space without there being an outcome or a result. And so this coming January, I'm bringing to the community intimate retreat workshops for that to happen, where spontaneous creativity can be a vehicle in which one person can confront maybe a a burning desire or just to have the space to express oneself. And in indigenous cultures, the people that were ill or depressed or something was wrong in their life, they would go to the medicine man and he would ask, when is the last time you danced? When is the last time you sang? When is the last time you cried? And I I just really believe that the power of community and coming together is so vitally important right now. And to have a space to actually be creative, I think it's an innate human birthright to create for nothing other than to create. Um, that's what I'm most excited about community. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited and I have no idea what the outcome will be. Just like I had no idea when I declined my corporate job 10 years ago Hmm. to follow this 
you know, inner knowing, I have no idea what the outcome will be. And it feels really vulnerable to even share with you right in this moment. And yet I know like, wow, okay. I'm on an edge. This is feels really vulnerable and, and at the same time, radically exciting. Probably right where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So does this project have a name? That you're yeah, well, share? right. Sure, I'd be willing to share it. And knowing that it's taking its transformation. Um, so in January, I will begin offering workshops called Soul Space. And it, like an intimate two-hour experience of using spontaneous creativity and tools that I've used throughout the past 10 years with clients and also in my own creative journey. I'm just excited to share and, and bring to our our fellow community. And you're going to be playing a facilitator role? I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. And bringing in other experts within uh, realms of creativity. I'm working with an amazing woman that aligns herbs and how that is a catalyst to clarity and opening up parts of our body that may be stagnant from emotional trauma or emotional blockages and how to open up using herbalism. So wow. there'll be, there'll be guest facilitators, uh, coming in to, to support the vision as well. And then you also do a number of, or it seems like a few services under the empowered label. Yes. So, uh, about five years ago, I created an entire photo shoot series for women, for women that maybe had never even experienced being photographed or really wanted to be seen for their you know, true authentic self. Um, and I started an empowered photo shoot series, which then led to an annual event for women in how do we live a life empowered in every area of our lives. And so I have curated and led, led that for the past two years. And what's come of that so far? You know, it's, a, it's always a mystery to me because these the women that attend relationships and new, new friendships have been woven from this for these women. I, th I think that there's been a support system that they've never had before. I, th I think one of the greatest gifts has been the connection, you know, feeling connected and connecting others. Yeah, it seems like a theme with your work, <laughs> yeah. like being a space holder, yes. being a connector. And you know what I love is that we each have our own innate birthright gifts that we come into the world with. That I think that's the greatest catalyst for social change is what did we come into the world to do and how can we listen to, to what that calling is? Mm. Yeah. And be seen seen for that in the world. So of all the endeavors, what's what's the impact that feels the best to you that you've been a part of? Well, I say this to you with radical humility is the greatest impact is to witness like the well-being within my own self and to be grounded and to continue to listen to my intuition. And I think that that's the greatest impact that I can give to the world because for every human that is like thriving in their own right, like that ripples out in, in ways I will never be able to comprehend or know. 
And so that kind of circles back to showing up is, is like, I believe the more that we can each show up fully for our lives, actually in turn is, is creating external positive influence more than like, what, what have I externally accomplished or done or you know, rippled out to? Yeah. It reminds me of a colleague of mine named Anna Shom, who's a practitioner here in Portland, amazing worker, um, who's once said that to me that self-care can be a form of social activism. Mm, I agree. Yeah. And that really resonates. You're, it feels... you're, you're putting a lot of like eloquent layers on it that I think make it resonate a little deeper. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine if each person was authentically thriving in their own, you know, and even amongst landscapes of devastation of, you know, what we're seeing across all landscapes from our community to our state, to our nation, to our world. I believe that if we each said, I choose to show up for my life and my well-being, I, I really, I really believe like that. That would create an everlasting impact, not only for our generation. I believe that that would ripple out to future generations. Yeah, yeah. Does that encapsulate your mission? I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. Well, you wrote on my little form, helping others be seen, heard, and known. And yet mm. what you just said sounds so much more comprehensive. <laughs> and... mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But what, and there's a quote on my website and it's like, to be seen for our true selves allows us to awaken to our greatest lives. And it's like to be seen by somebody, it, it holds up a mirror for the unlimited potential that we already are. And it's like to, and to awaken into that greatness. And we each have that. I can see now why you became a photographer. Oh, right. it chose me. It yeah. really chose me. Yeah. Yeah. You get to see people and then help them be seen in it's these, so in cool. these incredible moments of, of transition and transformation and launch like through the eyes of compassion. I mean, imagine if we each viewed the world through eyes of compassion for our own selves and for each person we, we came across throughout our days. Okay. So let me, can I challenge you a little bit? Yeah, please. Okay. I love being challenged. Okay. I love everything you're saying and I can relate on a personal level. So what comes up for me is in this day and time where we are, who in our world do you have the biggest challenge bringing compassion to? Myself. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Myself. I, I witness my own self like saying, negating things about myself or, you know, I just notice the conditioning in my mind. Like, wow, that's interesting. I'm like, and, that, and then it stops right there and it's like, okay, okay, back to it. And it's like, it's never done the, what is called like the work or, I really believe it's like a spiral and it's like you become the observer of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the form of work on your own self-compassion that has been the most powerful for you so far? Ah, well, you know, my fiance had shared with me a really powerful exercise that I continue to drop into and it's the loving kindness meditation. And it's, um, 
may I be happy, may I be loved, may I be peaceful, may I be safe. And then that's repeated towards uh, somebody you love. And then you repeat it towards somebody that you maybe don't love, but they're, they're close to you. And then you repeat it towards somebody that you have a neutral feeling towards, like um, the barista that poured your coffee earlier to, you know, in the morning. And then you move it to somebody that you absolutely have radical feelings of hatred towards. And so I really, I love the loving kindness meditation. And I really love the practice of placing my hand on my heart and breathing. And so those are like two tangible examples that I'm, I'm using within my life. And I wish, I, I almost want to email this to you. There's also this incredible document called How to Write a Love Letter. And it's, it's written and articulated for somebody if you're really having an intense problem with them or you're feeling like radical anger or hatred or um, disgust or jealousy, and you begin to write this love letter that has these prompts. And it says, I hate it when, and then it moves you through the whole series of a range of emotions all the way to compassion and love. I might have to just email it to you just because and to check it out. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love that tool. So there's, there's definitely tools in the world. Well, that's something you mentioned. Do you want to share any others? I would. I could. Yeah, yeah let, I have so many. Let I, me contextualize <laughs> it a little bit. So, yeah, we haven't. This hasn't really come up, but in in our call here today. But I'm guessing at some point in your life, you went through some pretty intense adversity, in, in whatever version that was, right? Right. About how old were you? I mean, adversity has come into my life through series of traumatic events, you know, from age four through up until present day. And the, a huge launching pad of why I even created the Empowered series was from escaping um, in a physically and emotionally abusive relationship and being stalked online, so cyber-stalked, and being able to have the tools to remove myself from that situation and be at one of my lowest lows actually became fuel. That adversity became fuel for creating the entire empowered series for women. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, yeah. so I'm sure you've done a lot of this work when I'm, you know, just as an example for, for someone listening, what practice would you love to have given yourself at that stage? Mm. And maybe you did at that time, <laughs> but even it was a total, it was a total, uh, survival. It was almost like fight or flight, like pure survival. And I, t I've told the story before that I had to leave in the middle of the night and I left with my camera, my laptop and my taxes. And I think that's so funny that I left with my taxes. <laughs> 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 oh, it's hilarious. Um, you know, the tools that I ensued were, that ensued were, reaching out to community and, and dear friends. And that was a, a huge support system. And then from there, I took a significant time and I married my own self. So I developed the relationship with my own self and stayed committed to, to really like leaning into, to how did I participate in, in being a part of that relationship, you know, and, and so I started looking at how was I responsible for 
creating those circumstances in my life. Yeah. Knowing that every experience that I am having in the world is I am co-creating at some capacity. There's and the so, accountability. The accountability. Yeah. 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 It feels so good to take accountability. It feels so um, empowering. I've got a question I really want to ask you. It may be a little out of sequence. Sure. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm really curious to know what the most meaningful mistake is that you've ever made. Uh, oh, wow. I don't know, Jesse. Does it feel too hallmark to say, like, it, I can't answer it directly because none of it feels like a mistake? I, because it all, even in the mistakes, it's actually turned out to be a really incredible blessing. I know, and it's it's great that you say that because I put mistake in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't know. It's it's never been a mistake. Uh, hindsight, because I've learned so much, and I'm trying to think of a tangible example. So maybe another another phrase for it could be, you know, a painful blessing. A painful blessing, yeah. Oh, it's on the spot. It's hard for me to think of. I've taken a lot of risks in my life and especially with my business. And it's led to uh, like financial circumstances where I've had to, like, for example, when I was planning um, several of the empowered events is I invested a lot of my own resources into it. And when you're putting on something, so get, get that level like the return, I, I almost had to release that there would be a return or that I would make my money back. And it's like, yeah, was that a painful mistake? Yeah, at some capacity. And what I what has what I've learned from that experience and what has been created from that, I ha I look at it in that perspective. So, in the moment, I was like, oh wow, I'm I'm okay. I'm taking full responsibility that I chose to put this on and. I'm financially responsible for all the repercussions of how much it costs to put on a huge event like that. And what ended up being the, the blessing out of that risk? Um, knowing that, it, that like that's not the end of the world. And also what it created for me was um, like almost like a, how to be a, create another solution for like, okay, well, what else can I create? Right. And so like answering that question or how can I be of service? And I, what I love about our conversation tonight, Jesse, is it's like, and for anybody that's listening, I love just being able to be so raw and radically vulnerable. And even in a small, like it feels really vulnerable to share with you. And that's totally okay. And I think that the more vulnerable we can be, like then true connection can happen. So Thank you for everybody that, that is listening and thank you for the opportunity to be vulnerable and and share. Thank you. Thank you for showing up uh, in this way. It's a great honor for me to, as a male in this day and age, to support any woman who is living an empowered mm. life. And that doesn't have to look like what you're doing. Um, right. But even as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm filled with the excitement and optimism of your voice reaching other women. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. What keeps coming to me is I just want to say, oh, wow, okay, so if, if Jan could reach somebody who's at that moment, maybe they're listening to this, and she's listening to this, and she's at that moment where she doesn't know where she is in the world, and she doesn't know if she can do it. Right. What would you want to tell her? Oh, I've been there. I've been in those moments where I just feel to my lowest. I'm like, I can't do this. And yet, yet, there is something within every single one of us. I just, I love the tenacity of human potential and like being a human is that there is something that within each of us, and I can only speak for myself, there's something within me that still says, but I know you can. And it's like to be able to give that the energy, it's like, then that's that's how the um, gateways and auspicious uh, synchronicities and how like where you're really meant to be led opens up is when you, when you, that, what's that saying? It's like the size of a mustard seed to have faith of like the size of a mustard hmm. seed. And that's stuck with me my whole, my whole life is how do you have like faith of a mustard seed? So, so for anybody listening, especially anyone who can relate to your story, Jen is holding her fingers very closely together when she says mustard seed. Tiny, tiny, tiny. <laughs> that's all. That's all the faith you need to start, huh? Yeah, and acknowledging, you know, all the the thoughts of, you know, I can't do this. I'm anything that's running the show knowing that that you don't have to believe your thoughts just because they're happening like our conditioned mind wants to believe those thoughts but it's like there's something beyond the thoughts that's what is happening in january is we'll um be in immersive like a really incredible two-hour like container a small workshop where we get to explore like what's beyond the thoughts. Are you open to sharing some more logistics or details about soul space just so people can kind of look it up as they're hearing this? Sure. Yeah. I'm adding it to my website this coming December and it will be by, it'll be limited to 20 people per month and just by sign up only it'll happen in Northeast Portland on the last Fridays of the month. Um, most likely 7 to 9 p.m. And those logistics are being finalized. So anybody that is curious or wants to know more, you can go to my website. And I'll make sure that we have links to all the stuff we've talked about in the production notes of this episode so people can link to all the great work that you're doing. Yeah, and you know, we're all in this together. and, And it's like, the more that we can come together and be a part of community and support each other, it's like, that's what's so needed right now. Amen. Yeah. 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 I really appreciate you holding this space in the, um, it's like this container that you're holding to bring people together in the way that you are, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite an honor and it feels really vital. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about yet that you'd really like to mention? I'd say just keep on keeping on. <laughs> and like, I, my wish for everybody is to, to have compassion for themselves. Like when you look in the mirror, like 
maybe put your hand on your heart and just say, I love you. Like, mm. <laughs> I love you. You know, like, I think that's a really powerful practice that we can all cultivate. And if they don't believe the words yet, keep saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. Keep on. Yeah. Keep allow, on. allow that to penetrate the, your neurology and penetrate, create new neural pathways. <laughs> awesome. So tell me about this other project that you want to share about. Ah, well, Jesse, I couldn't help but, you know, not tell you that I'm, oh, I just watch the way in which we are individually and collectively treating the planet. And I cannot stay silent any longer. So this coming year, I feel really called to speak out and let my voice be known about like, what can we do individually to support our globe? And, and it's like, I often have the question arise, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. And I, I feel this adamant um, like calling inside to share it. Like, how can we each show up and contribute to a, a healthier climate and environment? So a percentage of my proceeds uh, in 2018 will go towards a, an environmental organization working towards climate change and a healthier, more environmentally friendly way of living. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on and sharing about everything you're doing. Like what a joy to be able to, I really love your very purposeful questions and thank you for asking me to be a part of this. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. It's been awesome to have you. To learn more about Jennifer's work, check out jenniferelise.com. My question of the day is this. What is a part of yourself or your own world that could use radical compassion right now? What could be possible if you believed both accountability and compassion could coexist? To find out more about the world of supergivers, head over to supergivers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, click on the podcast link and send in an application. If you'd like to practice giving towards this show, please tell someone you know to listen in or consider subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Also, we always love positive reviews. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and maybe even subscribing to the Supergivers podcast, where we celebrate ordinary people creating extraordinary impact in the world. I'm your host, Jesse Johnson, and I hope you'll pass the giving along. Mm-hmm.